He's off the street now. He has a job, but um, he's always, you know, either lived with us or, you know, he drove seven hours from where he lives and showed up with donuts the other day. And he buys us breakfast now. Stories stir the soul. Stories reveal. And stories heal. In this podcast, we will give you an inside look at someone who's had a life-changing breakthrough. Real people, real stories with real breakthroughs. As a health and wellness expert and coach and Todd as a men's mentor, we've seen firsthand what God can do when it comes to a breakthrough. So lean in, listen well. This could be your biggest breakthrough. Hey there, and welcome to Your Biggest Breakthrough. I'm Wendy Pett. I'm Todd Isburner. You know that words are free and it's how you use them that may cost you. Wow. That's profound. Did you just come up with that? Kind of. No, No, you didn't. I Googled, I Googled (laughs) some, uh, you know, just some quotes. That's a good one. Who who did that one? I have no idea. Okay. Anonymous. All right. (laughs) What about one kind word can change someone's entire day? And that's worth thinking about. And that is so true. Is that another quote from somewhere that yeah, not me. Not my I think you got that out of my journal. <laughs> well, the reason we're talking about that is because today we're going to find out from our guest, Tammy Kling, how words are currency and how you can learn how the power of your words can literally bring breakthrough in your life and the lives of others as well. Yeah, that's true. Now, Tammy is a global author who's writing books that literally changes lives. And she says, in some cases, saves lives. Yes. And Tammy is also the CEO of On Fire Books, the company that creates legacy books, media, and shows. Plus, she's a TEDx producer and has her own talk, TED Talk. I'm telling you, you've got to go see this called Words Are Currency. Go check out that TED Talk. Plus, she's an online strategist who helps uh, build businesses and teams. She's a chief editor, and she's been leading a 15-year team of global writers through almost 3,000 books. Man, she's busy. She's Uh, she's a Forbes writer, article creator, online community builder. I could go on and on. I'll keep going. She's a ghost writer, and she's a copywriter. She's a business coach and advertising executive experienced in project management and building multi-million dollar brands. And she is so humble. I mean, all this big list, and she she would just be like, oh, whatever. But she's amazing. She's married. She has uh, two amazing sons. And she has a heart for the homeless and it has a beautiful ministry, but I know you're going uh, to love the show. Here we go. Well, welcome Tammy Kling to your biggest breakthrough. We are so excited to have you with us. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on your show. Yeah. You know, we've never talked to someone who brokers words. Uh, This, this woman is (laughs) a a word broker. She's a words currency woman. And we're going to get into what that means because words are so powerful. And as we talk about breakthroughs in people's lives, we realize that words can oftentimes lead to those breakthroughs. Tammy, uh, God has taught you so much and you've learned so much in life. Uh, Why just, just in sort of a nutshell here, uh, why are words such currency? Where did that come from? And why is that true? The term actually, even though I have it trademarked now, the term itself didn't start out as a commercial term. It's a term that God gave me when I was in the shower one day. I had gotten a TED Talk, which was one of my goals. And I asked God, what should the title of the TED Talk be? I have no idea. And he said, words are currency. And then my talk came from that. And I didn't really know what that meant, you know, and now I know 
that words build, words destroy. And from working with the homeless and from working with the CEOs, I realized that really it's, we all have the same amount of currency. It doesn't matter what's in your bank account. We all have the exact same gifts, not the exact same gifts, but the exact same opportunity to use our gifts and to use our words, whether it's a homeless person or a billionaire. And that's what I did my TED Talk about, but that's really what the term words our currency means is that we all have the opportunity to save a life with our words if we choose to. Yes, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Mm. And so yeah. God obviously says it best, and that's what uh, the currency is, right? Uh, speaking life or, or death over someone, and we want to speak life. Well, you, I, yeah. It was just, I, just, I mean, I love the fact that it's, it's, it's such a leveler. Yeah, because yeah. everybody has that same currency. That's such a great point that you bring out, Tammy. I mean, it doesn't matter what's in your bank account or how many degrees you've got behind your name. This is a level spot that we all start from in the exact same place with yeah. the amount of currency that we have, yeah. our words. And your words um, have have shaped over the years. And you found yourself even at a moment of a at a loss for words. And you share about this in your TED Talk. But I want to go back to that story because... This uh, is a big breakthrough moment for you, Tammy Kling, with your faith, with so much. So let's go back to sharing Tammy's story. Well, I used to be in crisis management. So when I graduated from college, I went into crisis management, never thinking that I would actually have to work, you know, uh, any kind of crisis, of course. And they told us, you know, have your bags packed. But I was a journalism major at the University of Florida. So I didn't think that there was going to be any crisis. But I ended up in a marketing department and on this crisis management team for an airline. And immediately, uh, it's like the day I got my bag packed, we had an airplane crash. And it was a major flight out of Miami with over 200 passengers when I went down to the, the site of the airplane crash, we realized that there were only four survivors, which we didn't know immediately. We were searching for survivors as we were down there, and we kept looking for survivors. Uh, you know, the process involved DNA, getting DNA from the site, from the crash site, and setting up a temporary morgue. And during that process, I had to talk to the family members of the pa passengers that were on the plane. And it was very challenging. And what you're referring to in my TED talk, I was talking about this little boy and I didn't know what to do. And I just said, you know, would you like some ice cream? You know, I was trying to kind of offer anything and he was little, really small. And he just spit on me. He looked, he actually looked at my airplane tag. It was in the shape of an airplane. So they had your name tags in the shape of an airplane back then and at the crash time. And what happened was he spit on me and he started screaming, Feo, Malo, which means you're bad and you're ugly. Wow. And, you know, at that time, I remember going upstairs in the elevator and just vomiting in a fake plant, you know, because I had to go back and I had to be. Um, poised and I couldn't show my emotions. They had already sent several managers home. So I couldn't show my emotions about what I was feeling. And it was just a difficult season 
that really changed my life. So when I went to the crash, I was an atheist. When I came back, uh, I came back and about a week later, I got saved at TD Jake's church. But my heart, God really used that moment to kind of break my heart and open my heart because I had a very wow. hard heart before that, very callous. Wow. Why, why did you have a hard heart and a calloused heart before that? Well, I think like a lot of um, atheists that might lack empathy from childhood, you know, or childhood trauma or things that happen. And for me, you know, my father committed suicide when I was seven, which I kind of held inside and hard in my heart. Yeah. And, you know, Proverbs says, guard your heart, but I didn't know that back then. And so I had a really hard heart, even when I had to call everyone and tell them, hey, our aircraft didn't arrive on time. That was my first job from Dallas before I flew down to the crash site. And even when I had to call all those passengers, I didn't feel anything, nothing at all at that time. So I had a very hard heart. So, Tammy, uh, did, did you grow up with any kind of exposure to any sort of religion or spirituality or just, you know, Christian people who were in your life or were you completely isolated from that? No. In fact, uh, it's funny because everyone loves Florida. I grew up in Florida and I always say I never met a Christian, never oh. met a Florida. I'm sure they exist, but growing up, I just never met one. And so what part of Florida, Florida, we're all going to go there on a mission trip. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Florida is now a very uh, big melting pot of other people and always yeah. has so yes. Florida, you know, even, even my family, we were transplants from New York. So Florida, when I was growing up was primarily New York and New Jersey, all Northerners, mm. not big believer states. And so Florida was very hectic, very rushed, very, um, you know, angry, an angry state, you know, when I was growing up. And no, I was I was in public school. You know, today I homeschool, always have homeschooled. You raised two amazing boys. Yes. yes. Going to be a pastor. He already is a pastor, but Yay. he's going college for pastoral leadership. And he already preaches everywhere. We were preaching. I was driving him all over last night um, or the night before last to go out of town to some church that wanted him to preach. And he was asked to preach in a, a high school football field coming up in uh, Plano area, Plano, Texas. So, you know, this is not planned. You know, he does not particularly like being on stage. This is just God. Right. And, mm. you know, anytime we doubt, the main thing I've learned is anything, anytime we doubt, we really just have to look at the small miracles. You know, I always say, boy, if I can become a believer, anyone can, because I hated Christians. I mean, I had this just deep hatred for anyone that talked about God. So if anyone, why, why is that? Listen, I'm just curious what, like, what was it? How is that perception of Christians shaped? What was that? And how was that shaped and why? Well, only so if you're it's it wasn't shaped. And that's what I want people to understand. So, for instance, the screw tape letters is required reading for my kids. Right. They've read it. And so so are other books on spiritual warfare, because, you know, everything Jesus talks about in the Bible really is true. Right. So why was there a man, a demoniac? Why was there a man filled with legion? You know, um, he wasn't shaped. He was just that way because of the enemy. 
So as an atheist, you know, um, atheists just don't, it, it's definitely a spiritual battle. So they may not even know you and hate you. You know, they may mm. meet you, hear your voice and just immediately um, hate you for no reason. And I'll, I'll never forget walking into Target one day um, as a youth. And I'll never forget a mother pushing her baby out of Target. And inside of me, there was this rage and hatred for that mother. Mm. And it was a it was just a, inside of me. And I have a mother, you know, and so it wasn't anything that was shaped. It literally is spiritual warfare. And when I got um, saved, I had never read the Bible ever. Mm -hmm. So I had a Saul Paul experience. I walked into the Potter's house. Uh, I thought it was a uh, singles night. I thought I was meeting. <laughs> and I had the opportunity to speak on stage with T.D. Jakes later. And he always said, he goes, she thought she was going to a club. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I got to think, Tammy, the irony of this little boy that spat in your face because he hated you and yet he didn't know you. And yet you were that same kind of person I didn't um, think, yeah. with the rage and the, and the hate kind of without knowing um, other Christians. So I think that's interesting. So that's good point. And it brings it all full circle. And you know, when you look back on your own individual journey, you're able to see how God uses you and your walk. You know, I have these discussions with my son, who's all about Jesus, all about Jesus. He, he made a statement the other day. Um, well, the cartel, they can't, they're not Christians. So what are you talking about? Because because if somebody's born again, they can't be a Christian. You know, they can't sell drugs and do bad things. I said, OK, well. They're all raised Catholic. You know, I think you could debate that just because somebody's a Christian doesn't mean that their behavior has changed, you know, or that they've gotten the freedom they need. And so he ministers to he feels really comfortable in the church. That's his. If there's an event at church, he'll get there at two. He's in the pastor meeting with the head pastor. He'll get there. There's no other kid that's 17 that gets there at two. He'll get there at two if the event's at seven. He's setting up chairs. That's not my comfort zone. I feel comfortable with the atheists, the gang members on the street with the homeless guys. Oh, that's my comfort zone. And that's because God gives each one of us a different mission. And when you look back and you see, you know, I felt like a gang member inside. I could lie. I could cheat. I could steal. I did all of that as a kid. You know, um, I I'd probably be in jail if I had been raised in Chicago and not Florida. I could have done all of that, you know? And so the thing is, is when you look back, you see how God used you, right? And he was preparing you for that breakthrough moment. And I had a Saul Paul experience, instant being a reader, but never having read the Bible. I don't think I would have believed in the stories of the Bible. I needed an encounter with mm. God. Because I can't deny that in one moment, my life changed literally. And I went home and I called my whole family and I confessed a bunch of sin on that conference call. My mom didn't talk to me for a year. So there's no denying God when I look back. Whereas if I had been read Noah's Ark as a child, I think I would have doubted that because of a very logical brain, you know, and yeah. 
not always knows, right? How, what we need. Well, that's it. And I think you're a classic example of what the miraculous and the supernatural is really all about because someone couldn't have taken you and sat you down and sort of talked you into in a rational way, the reality of Christianity. You said you had an encounter. It was a supernatural, miraculous encounter because you went from one extreme to a completely different extreme in the matter of an instant because of the power of God's spirit working in you and around you and through you. I think, I think lots of people would almost envy that, Tammy, but I think it's important for every person to have their relationship with God as, as sort of he unfolds it, correct? So there you, there you are in the Potter's house uh, with T.D. Jakes. You've got an instant miraculous conversion. Where did you go from there? I mean, you're this born-again, spirit-filled Jesus freak, and then what happened? <laughs> I really was. And he laid hands on my head. Right. And I felt this. um, I just felt like this electrical pulse, almost like water coming down over my it was just water down over my head. I had no idea what that was. I just knew I had an immediately new heart and then completely different. I tried to litter on the way home and I turned around to the person in the car. And I said, I can't even litter. <laughs> so good. Oh man. Um, yes. out, you know, and, and so everything changed immediately. And for me, looking back on that, I believe the Saul Paul experience, whereas maybe other believers, that story wouldn't be so powerful to them, but it's powerful to me because it's evidence of what happened to me is I was baptized in the Holy Spirit before I became a believer, I guess, mm-hmm. or at the same time, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, and the legacy that that this is is leaving, not just with your family, but with those that you're encountering. And that's what I want to touch on too, because you are using this experience and your Saul to Paul experience and 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 knowing the power of words to help others with their breakthroughs and and to rise up in and using the words that God has has gifted them with with from the homeless to CEOs and so you have on fire books uh, you're 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 doing so much uh, you, you are you know helping people with TED talks I mean uh, yeah we'll, we'll we'll share your your bios you know at the beginning of this podcast but it's it's amazing how God is just blessing blessing your obedience it is. And, you know, I used to hate the word obedience mm. my whole life. I would have, I was a rebel. I would have rebelled. Sure. I hear you. <laughs> but so interesting. Even my personality is anti-authority, anti, you know, I mean, you know, we do what we want and God's my boss. That's my, right. However, I will tell you that um, when I look back at my walk, it's obedience that has changed the most lives. So for instance, with the Speakers Bureau, um, with multiplying a message, if I can put a speaker on a, a corporate stage, for me, of course, I'm always thinking about the atheists in the audience, but I realize that even the believers need to be encouraged and uplifted. But if I can put a, a believer on a stage, on a corporate stage, and they can speak life and into a non-believer's heart. To me, that's such a huge win. And it was 18 years ago when God woke me up in the middle of the night and said, reach non-believers through the written word. So I always write it down. I wrote it. I wrote it down 
It was so loud. It was an audible. It's your mission and statement. It was so loud. Um, it was just like an audible command. And that's when I said, okay, I'm going to start a publishing company so that I can help other people. You know, for that first week, I actually just used text and just started speaking life into homeless people. I mean, I've used words since then to help to help others. And really, it's never, ever about us. Right. It's just that obedience. I've only been doing one thing. Right. I have a TEDx platform. I have a publishing company. I have a speakers bureau. It's only one thing, though. It's really about using words to save lives. Oh, this is really important, of course, you know, save lives, not just change lives, because we have to live for eternity. But I really want to save lives as as many as possible. And your heart uh, has been with the homeless for a very long time, uh, with saving the homeless and their lives and not just changing, but saving as well. Can you tell us where that got started? Well, just working with the homeless on the street has been an amazing blessing and you know, two of our best friends um, were homeless. And I mean, we didn't know them. We met them on the street, taking the kids to feed the homeless when they were two and four. And they've traveled all over the world with us for the last 18 years. Um, one was just here. His name's Pooch. gave us our dog 16 years ago. He's He's traveled all over the world with us. Utah. I mean, the Ritz Carlton in Denver. You know, he's he's a hoot. He's a hoot. But he's traveled all over with us and the boys think he's their uncle, basically, you know, he's off the street now. He has a job, but um, he's always, you know, either lived with us or, you know, he drove seven hours from where he lives and showed up with donuts the other day and he buys us breakfast now. I got to go find me a homeless spot down there and let you guys come pick me up. Drive with you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is, that's extraordinary. That's, that's. That's really walking out uh, the, the love of, of Jesus. Jesus. It really is. Yeah. Uh, so you're so passionate about using words, um, but sometimes that can be for some people, um, oh, a little bit of a distraction or an excuse as to why I don't have to go beyond words. You see what I'm saying? If I can there just just words and no action. Yeah. So can you encourage us a little bit that that there, the words have got to have something behind them? Let's say you have no arms, no legs. And you may not be able to do some physical things that the rest of us can do, but you might have the right words that can change someone's life. And you have to trust God to put you in the right place at the right time. Um, To your point, though, absolutely. You know, one of the things that used to drive me crazy, my neighbor across the street in this gated community I lived in said, you know, would see the homeless come over and they were very fearful. All of them would talk about us unbeknownst to us. I, I I didn't think anything of it. Right. And so we've got these guys at our, at our house. And one of them said, how can you bring this homeless guy around your children? And I said, how can you not, not everyone will be able to do what we can do because we're called by God, but we also hear God and we join the kingdom of God, right? I thought it was ironic because that particular person was actually Mormon and their whole goal was bringing food to the elderly like they'd bring bread. 
And so their whole goal was service, earning their way into the kingdom. They're the ones that asked me, how can you bring this homeless man into your house? And I said, how can you not? Mm -hmm. I just, it really used to bother me, get calls every Thanksgiving. Oh, I really want to teach my kids about the homeless. Can we go serve them at Thanksgiving? And Thanksgiving is a very hard time because it's always booked up. So the volunteer list is filled early November, you know? And so it used to really bother me that they would not serve the homeless all year long. But now that I've matured more as a believer, I understand that just because that was my calling and even that has changed over the years, just because that was my calling, that doesn't mean that's your calling. So Mm. I shouldn't expect everyone to love the homeless. Tammy, there are uh, words that bring life and there are actions that bring life. All of it means that we're loving others, right? So why is it, why does it seem like so many Christians who are well-intentioned, who love Jesus and want to do good, what do you think holds us back from doing the very things you're talking about, either either speaking words of life because we're we're timid or we want to be politically correct or whatever, or just not going forward with acts of love. What, what is it that holds us back and what can we do about that? I don't think there's any excuse for not taking action. You know, I don't think there's, if, if we truly are walking as Jesus did, then we should try to model that behavior. I mean, we were created in his image. So I would challenge everyone to, if you've never served the homeless, for instance, just go do it, sign up. You can call any homeless shelter and sign up and not that you want to serve the homeless. That may not even be your, your passion. It might be so many other things, right? Abused women or sex trafficking, but it's too easy to say, go do something you know, and then never do it. So just go serve the homeless, see how that feels. Because I know I'm, if I'm feeling sorry for myself and I'm in a depressed mood or something, the only thing that will get me out of it is really holding a homeless child. That's really the only time I forget my troubles is holding an orphan in an orphanage or a homeless child. And you guys know you've done so much good work. So I would challenge all of your listeners just to get out there and book a day. Don't do it for your kids. Don't take your kids. Don't try to show them how to be good citizens. Just do it for you and go have a date with God and just get out of your comfort zone. You know, I tried, this is a really funny story actually, so I'll be brief, but I had a a friend who really was in love with this gorgeous Christian guy, okay? And when we were looking at his Facebook page, he had a lot of work with the homeless, very similar to what I do, get a lot of those pictures. And I said, oh, well, go serve the homeless. And she said, and I said, I said, he's never going to fall in love with somebody that doesn't serve others. And her page was just gym photos of her booty, you know, and, um, you know, world <laughs> things, world and then. Scripture Not equally here. yoked, maybe. <laughs> but, but she was beautiful. But I said, yeah. you know, go serve others. He's never going to fall in love with a girl that isn't serving others like God would want her to. And so she said to me, I'm scared to. So you have to come with me. And I said, no, you have to do it. Not just for the picture. You have to go by yourself. She never did. 
He, he told her it, he was not led to date her. God brought him a wife like two weeks later, amazing man of God. And she still has never done anything like that. Never served the homeless, nothing like that. You know, that's just an example. I know it's God's timing, but we really have to take a step out on faith. Right. 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 Yeah. And I do think that sometimes people are just afraid that their heart really might be changed, right? When they go do something like that. It's not just the fear of doing it. It's that, ooh, I might really change. Something might bubble up inside of me. And and anyway, so I think that that's interesting. But, you know, Tammy, you are just doing a mighty work in, in, in the kingdom uh, with kingdom entrepreneurs and with, with the kingdom words and just, just being that uh, life-giving person to help others share their story and to bring those words and uh, to like a storybook form or, or a pop-up book, if you will. That's kind of how I see what you do. You allow people to have a pop-up book of their life to help others. So with all that you do from the TEDx to, I mean, you've, you've been on, on Oprah, you've been on, I mean, you've been on all kinds of programs. Like what would you say your, your, your highlight is that, that you get to see and do in this moment in time in the season of your life? Well, without a doubt, it's just at this point, you know, looking back on the non-worldly events and seeing how God has unfolded, you know, just the things that you couldn't ever have imagined, you know, in your child's lives, in the lives of like speakers, for instance, you know, God bringing Nick Vujicic's wife into my house and, and then bringing Nick into my house. And then they met, you know, and, and God told me it's not about you when she first came to my house. So I let her live there. She knocked on my door one day and I let her live there. I didn't want to, uh, she was a cute girl in her twenties, you know, and uh, God said, it's not about you. And so she really loud and clear, one of those audible loud moments. And I said, well, God said, it's not about me. So come on in. She was there for two years. And then I brought Nick home and it was love at first sight and they got married. And so looking back on those moments are That's probably priceless. the biggest moments when, you know, it just gives you encouragement to stay obedient and be patient and don't hear your own voice, really discern between the three voices to hear God's voice only. And then I would say the second highlight would be putting uh, people on the TEDx stage and believers that can multiply their message. And even if they go into a corporation in a covert way and really multiply the message as well, you know, um, just strengthening people that would otherwise maybe not be able to go out into the mainstream and multiply their amazing message, you know, you know, with God's approval and God's leading and all of that. So that's probably the second highlight, I would say. Mm. I love it. You, you're such a um, you're a change agent in a lot of ways by influencing others and and, and sparking them into you know new areas of sparking. Of living. That's a good word to use for well, she's and she's a, she's a sparkler. She's uh, a plug. I, we're so amazed at all that you are willing to do, and I I love. I mean, this is sort of like your byline. It's not about me, and I you know if all of us would just live every day like okay, it's not about me, Lord. What do you want? Uh, it might be surprising to us how much more God could accomplish if we approach every day that way. Uh, we we love the fact that um, you encourage people to to take action and certainly do acts of love, but there is no excuse for that, and there's certainly no excuse for not using words 
as a currency to bring about lives. And I just want you to hit that one more time because give somebody a practical suggestion like right now for today that they could do using words to set somebody else afire. I would love to. So words are currency means when you get that feeling to say something authentic, even to a stranger, if you hear a word from God, or even if you don't, and you want to say something that's going to lift them up, do it. Too often we're afraid. I mean, of course, understandably, we're afraid, right? But if you look at years ago, there was a story of a bus driver who saw a man on the side of the road and he was hanging off a bridge, about to jump off a bridge and commit suicide. Now, here's a bus driver. He had he was driving a bus full of people had not much money in the bank at all. And here he is, stop the bus. And he goes and he talks to this man, grabs him and pulls him off the ledge. So he was willing to stop. Who else stopped that day? No one. But God used that bus driver who boldly used his words to save somebody's life. So when we can do that, we we have the power to save lives. I mean, you could be the one to save a life today if you just focus on the little things and keep your eyes open. And like you guys said earlier, it all comes back to obedience. You know, I'm always telling the kids that it's tempting to be worldly. If you go for a job interview or you go and and you don't, you get rejected, right? Then our loss, my loss, be necessary for someone else's gain, right? Your loss might be part of the whole plan. And that's necessary for someone else's gain as a bigger part of God's picture. So you can't really look at a loss as a loss. So critical. Your loss might not only be just your loss, but like God's big chess move mm. that has nothing to do with you. That's going to change lives. Good. Like that's good. Life, right? Come on, preach that. Come on. That is so good. Because I, I want, I just want to. The Bible of that, right? I mean. One of my, you know, my favorite writing is Paul in prison. I can't imagine it would have been great to be Paul, you know, and that's the thing is we just have to keep that. It's, it's easier said than done, but we have to keep that in perspective that our loss, you know, whether it's tripping on stage and using that as a lesson later or being rejected from a job or being let go, even, you know, you never know what's going on behind the scenes, right? Mm -hmm. We can handle that a lot better if you truly do have implanted in your mind at all times. It's not about me. It's It's about you, Lord, and how you want to use us. Uh, Just, I I just have to pause for a moment because I want, I want someone listening right now, everybody listening right now, you take your moment right now. God is probably bringing someone to your mind who needs your words of encouragement that might help them with a breakthrough. You just don't know what's on the other side of that unless you're willing to take an action. So even as you hear us speaking, if God is bringing somebody to mind, don't don't let that slip through your fingers. Just go ahead, reach out, use your words of currency. They could bring a breakthrough. That's so good. Well, Tammy, we so love you. Uh, love your heart, love everything about you and appreciate your time. We want to wrap this up with just kind of a fun question. Um, we want to know, because I've always, I've always been told and have been of the belief that interesting people do interesting thing, things, right? And I believe you're a very interesting woman. And so I'd like to hear of something that might be uh, something that's interesting that you do maybe as a hobby or 
something that is personal that maybe something would someone wouldn't know about Tammy that you could share with us today? Hmm, that's a tough one. You know, that's one of those questions I'm going to think about tomorrow. Okay, you get back to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say one of my most fun things to do would literally be to maybe talk to somebody under a bridge that's homeless or take a homeless person on a trip, plan a vacation, take them to the Ritz Carlton, you know, things like that, that they would never do. Take them on a hike, you know, get a massage, really. I love things it. Like, you you know? love to bless people. Yeah, that, yes. No, that's so good, Tammy. Um, all right. We're gonna let you go. But one word or a phrase that would sum up the entirety of who you are. The entire interview? No, the no, entirety, entirety of, who of who you are, Tammy Kling. Is there a word or a phrase that comes to mind that would sum up the entirety of who you are or who you want to be known to be? Just a child of God. That's all. This, just yes, a child of God. Beautiful. I love it. And you just say just a child of God, but <laughs> you are just a child of God. And, and inspiring one at that, too. <laughs> yeah. So thank you, bless Tammy. You. God bless you, sister, and I appreciate you being on your biggest breakthrough. Both, you're both just wonderful, wonderful light for the world. Thank you for your podcast. Thank you. you, Blessings. Take care. Bye. Bye. Oh, so enjoyed having her on your biggest breakthrough. I mean, it's so powerful. Like words really do speak life or death. And so how often are we not saying the thing that God really wants us to say? Because we're afraid of how someone might react or or whatever, right? She, we, you know, we could have stayed for another hour. Oh, I know. And I just and listen, just listen to stories of individuals oh. whose lives were completely transformed, and in some cases, like Tammy mentioned, saved yeah. because of the power of words. And Wendy, I know that there are so many of us. We just we us we underestimate. Yeah. the value of what we have to say. So consequently, we we hold back, and so it's holding other people back. That's exactly right. So, so we need it, to be free with our yes. words. Words of encouragement, words of life. They yes. are currency. We're all starting with the same amount, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just want to encourage uh, uh, all of us to take that really, really seriously. That's so you, good. you heard in the beginning, uh, you know, her bio, and that was just part of it. I mean, it goes on and on. Yeah. This woman is extraordinary. Show notes. <laughs> so, but, so it just tells me, hey, what you don't have all that Tammy's got. She's well, so humble. But just yeah. use what you got. Just use what That's you got because right. it's not about you. That's right. It's about him. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough. Uh, Please share it, give it a a rating and a review. And if you are looking for someone in your life to encourage you and give you words that will help you excel to your next level of living, that's what I do. That's what Todd does. If you're looking for health and wellness related, go to wendy at wendypet.com. Email me there or my website, wendypet.com, or go and check out Todd's uh, site at toddisburner.com, where he is mentoring men about faith, family, fitness, finance, and we're here for you. So it's time to level up in, in uh, our words to you and your words that you give to yourself. And continue to be inspired by Tammy. You've got to yes. check out her TED Talk. Just, yes. just Google Tammy Kling on we'll TED Talk. We'll put it in the show notes too. Yeah. Right. And uh, on firebooks.com, but you uh, will be just, yeah, you'll be encouraged and inspired. So thanks for tuning in. Catch See you, you next time. Next time. Head on over to yourbiggestbreakthrough.com where you'll find some free resources and information and a place where you can comment and we would love to dialogue with you there. So thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time.